This is episode 376 for June 2015. And just a heads up about this episode, we originally recorded three plus hours of Spider Satellites. I'm going to split this one up in two different parts. So you'll get an hour uh, plus on this episode, an hour and a half on the next one. But before we get to it, I'd like to ask for your support of the website and our podcast by logging on to SpidermanCrawlspace.com. Look for a button on the right-hand side that says support this site via PayPal. And you can help us pay the bandwidth costs and make sure that more episodes come out in the future and help us keep the lights on. All right, get ready for a lot of Spire satellites. Here they come. Spacers, welcome to our Spider Satellite Show. We haven't done this in a while, mainly because we reviewed 20,000 books in this episode. But uh, now we skipped two months, so we're going to have to review 60,000. Thanks, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) It's all your fault, Douglas. I know. That voice you hear is a new father. Zach, welcome to the show, and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. After, you know... I get the hearty congratulations from Brad, and then George and and Jr. spend the rest of the twenty minutes mocking me. It's <laughs> good to be able to do a rebuttal this time. Not not much has changed, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's Tuesday. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's true. That's my life. And we've got George. What's going on, George? Uh, not much. Uh, all hell broke loose this morning uh, here in my neighborhood, in my backyard. What happened? Did you hear about? Did you see that on the news? The dude attacking the Dallas Police Department. Oh yeah, that's that's right. And we have Mike. What's going on, Mike? <laughs> my knuckles are cracked. I got yeah, my baby. coffee ready. I'm battening down the hatches because I know what comics I'm reviewing. Since some people on the panel are probably not going to like them, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yes, sir. We're going to start with the new father. We're going to the uh, Miles Morales. Actually, let me go through all the issues we're going to review. Yeah, also, Ashley will be joining us later. She's working right now, but she'll join the show in hour five. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on day two. We, on day two of this show. We, we're going to review Miles Morales, number 11 and 12. Zach's got those. Spider-Verse, number one. Zach's got that. Silk, number 234. Ashley's got those. Spider-Gwen, 234. Ashley's got those also. Spider-Man 2099, number 10 and 11 and 12. Uh, what? This is three worst months of comic books. <laughs> uh, George has those. Spider-Man the X-Men, 4, 5, and 6. I've got those. Secret Wars, number 1 and 3. Uh, Mike's got those. Spider-Man special and human special, cap special. Mike's got those. Spider-Man 2099. I mean, so, sorry, Secret Wars 2099. I've got that. Ultimate End, number 1. I've got that. Have mercy. Miles 11, take me through that, Zach. Okay, so uh, let's go back a little bit, because Miles Morales, the Ultimate Spider-Man, the fourth volume of Ultimate Spider-Man, because, you know, you demanded it, uh, <laughs> is uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis. So that that means you could read this in about ten minutes. if he can it's, it's about how long you probably took to write it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the artist is David Marquez, who actually probably took a full month to six weeks to draw it. Um, and colors are by Justin Ponser and, and uh, Irene Lee's production and cover art Marquez. So it's uh, got Doc, Ultimate Doctor Doom in the in the in the frame of the of the cover. The black. So the story is, is to quote our even we're going to quote even our own review because I thought ah you know uh, Black Widow attempts to stop the flight twins the uh, during the latest robbery and is bested. Judge, former roommate of Miles, reveals to Granky that he knows that Miles is the webhead. Jefferson and Gronky get kidnapped by Hydra. Katie tries to talk to a Captain Miles, who then makes a break for it, only to get thwarted by, of course, Mr. Doctor Doom in the final panel. 
this is the Doctor Doom with uh, goat legs. The, yes, goat legs with goat, with goat legs. Doom. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, he's half jackass. Okay. Um, he's a jackass. He's a, he's, at least he's not a blogger. You know exactly, exactly. I, I, I'm expecting you know jackassy Doom to come out of George's mouth, but hey. Um, okay, so basically, jackassy Doom. <laughs> I don't want to disappoint. There you go. Uh, because Zach demanded yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is okay. The problem with this issue is not the. Are you wait, wait a minute? Are you doing pros? Uh, I'm gonna just do thoughts. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll separate them into pros or cons. <laughs> oh, uh, if I if I was to go into pros, I guess it would be the yeah. artwork. I mean, D- David Marquez yes. is just phenomenal as an artist, and they discover this guy, and he is nearly every issue he's done, even when. And I like Sarah Pacelli a lot. But uh, the transition between her and Marquez was just damn near seamless. So I've enjoyed nearly every issue he's done. This is a, this is another good issue because because it's really well drawn. However, the script once again it's so bendy that there's not, not a lot happens in this issue. I mean, you have essentially three scenes to fill up an issue that you that you paid th- or two ninety nine or no three ninety nine for three ninety nine for. And, and this is why everybody that's ever said it. Ultimate Spider-Man is good. At, it's good for two things. It's good for binge reading, and/or trades. And this really did feel like the pre-ultimate issue. Now, I also want to explain something. Ultimate Doom has a beef with Miles because of the Brian Michael Bendis written uh, all-new X-Men crossover event that they had, uh, where the Ultimate X-Men and the 616. Uh, Preteen X Men, nineteen sixty three X Men, and Miles Morales all get together and have a have an adventure where um, Jackassy Doom gets uh, <laughs> gets involved and the com- combined might of the X Men and Miles kick his ass. So he's a little pissed off. So mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the major development is we've we've learned that uh, Katie, his girl, his girlfriend from the beginning of the series, has or for the beginning of this volume, excuse me. Has, has obviously got these big hydratides, and we've been learning and, yeah. and having that unravel. So this is finally where we're going to get some some answers, right? Nope. See next issue where we have half of Miles' face is being face being vaporized on the cover. I, it, basically, it felt like that that um, these last couple of months were oh crap, we got Secret Wars coming. We need to wrap some of this stuff off. Yeah, that, it did feel like that. Yes. I'm going to give it a C. Everything has felt okay. like that. Yeah, I mean. It, that, that's the good thing. <laughs> it's the bad thing about this whole whole situation. Um, uh, so, like, like I said, give it a C. Uh, good artwork. Uh, okay, writing. Okay. Let's do issue number 12. By the way, you did that in three minutes. Bravo. Hey, I'm trying. Well, it's a business book, so, you know. <laughs> See, now, last night I did, what, uh, 18.1 in four and a half minutes? Yeah. What, what, Zach, we've, we've uh, in order to make these shows a little bit speedier and a little bit more timely, I'm doing like a television producer does and keeping, uh, no, I'm doing time. So I've got my cell phone stopwatch going, and I just killed 30 seconds explaining that I'm trying to keep time. <laughs> are, you saying, are you saying the show needs a floor director telling us, uh, you know, when to bust it out and... Yeah, no, yeah, no one ever tells us to stretch. Out. <laughs> I don't yeah. think we ever have that problem between. Go to commercial. Go to commercial. Wait, we don't have we any. We don't sponsors. have a producer or anything like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, number twelve. Number twelve in one month. The, li- the last issue, by the way. This is the final issue of Miles Morales: yeah. The Ultimate Spider-Man. In one month, time runs out. That's what the cover says. Okay, so uh, will Bendis wrap up all his loose ends? Will there actually be some resolution to this book? Or will you have to read Ultimate End? 
that's my uh, that's my Batman. Kind of used car salesman there. That, that's my Batman. That, you know how at the end of the old Batman TV show, will Batman and Robin get away from the sharks or use the shark repellent? <laughs> uh, okay. Or will they get eaten by sharks like Morbius did? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Morbius, we, there's some news you'll have next month. Um, okay. So this issue basically centers around. Okay. Judge, who is the former roommate of Miles, has obviously last issue figured out or re- revealed that I know he's Spider-Man. So <laughs> he's going around to the to the dorm room and at school and cannot find Miles, can't find Gronky, can't find Katie. They're all gone, and so he's trying to do some investigating. Miles is obviously woke in costume fighting uh, Jackassy Doom and Hydra. So you got the combined might of Jackassy Doom and Hydra. Uh, trying to trying to take on Miles Morales, uh, they're trying to run some tests, and he's you know he's he's in the float in the floating cube of shame. Uh, <laughs> so he's like Doctor Doom. It's like it's like a classic Bond villain, but with you know twenty uh, first uh, century. <laughs> it's like it's like I mean, look at it. It's like a it's like a tesseract of of with Miles Morales in the middle of it. Uh, All right then. So, wow. So, <laughs> floating. The floating what of doom? Uh, what cube of uh, cube of cube guilt or something? The floating cube, cube of doom. Yeah. Well, all right, yeah. love it. So cloaking dagger because remember um, the uh, all new ultimate has ended, and thank God. <laughs> so we have their obligatory. Oh look, it's Miles' book. We got to appear in that now. Uh, so they they come across. I thought, the team, I thought the team broke up at the end of that book. I can't. Maybe was, dude, I, I I I don't remember, and I didn't really care at that point. Uh, neither, neither did anyone else. I remember Brad reviewing that, and he was like, "Why do I have to read this?" Yeah, man. So anyway, um, <laughs> sorry about the music in the background. Uh, they uh, it's, so, it's, it's Zach Joyner's dance party. <laughs> my wife. Um, Rub a dub in so the club. Cloak, you know, Cloak and Dagger show up, and they take <laughs> they they see Judge, and they start you know they start forming the Avengers to come bail. Um, Bail Miles' ass out because even in Miles' book, the Avengers of the Old no. have to bail his ass out. Jesus Christ! So, so they realize, oh, it gets better. They get to the build. They get to finally find the building where they he's you know in the floating cube of doom, and they're they're checking out the uh, and they see a doom bot fly out right. So the battle, but they get there, they open the door, and they're like, oh, psych! Off panel, Miles kicked everybody's ass. The end. <laughs> <laughs> off panel? Yeah. Everything's off, everything's off panel. The entire like the the huge giant battle with Miles and all the Doombots and Hydra. No. They ran, they ran out of issues because of Secret Wars. Yeah, no, it's like Bendis News was the last issue, so he's like, screw it. I'm, I'm, like, just gonna, I'm, I'm totally phoning this one in. This this literally like when I read it I went, Oh my god, it's it's the final chapter with uh with the uh, Bat- Mackie Burn reboot all over again. You get this you get you get all this build up to this big epic final battle. Oh, psych, see ya. It's all a dream. Uh, <laughs> but wait, there's one more page because we have the uh, obligatory uh page where the worlds are colliding. And I'm, he looks up and there's a big there's another earth. There's another right? earth entering its atmosphere. Uh-oh. See ultimate end cool. for the rest of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um Pros, cons, uh, pro, uh, pros gonna be David Marquez again. Cons, yeah. the rest of this damn story. Really, the giant, <laughs> huge battle that you're supposed to have, you do it off panel. I love it when uh, Zach freaks out and yells. Really, those are some uh, of the best <laughs> of the, of the really? podcast. 
Ah. That's what he's going to be saying when his daughter's a teenager. I'm already really? saying really. Really? Like when, Just stole the car? I remember that one time he freaked out and, and did that at Bailey, and Bailey was like, yes, really. <laughs> <laughs> remember that? It was like during the uh, – it was where, uh, where he was fighting pirate zombies or something. And oh, had yeah. The, he had the intelligentsia oh, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, and, really? and Yeah, and you shouted out, really? And Bailey was like, yes, Zach, really? <laughs> that, was, that was pretty hysterical. But like, okay, um, the grade's going to be another C. I mean, this is uh, really, you know what? It's a D. Outside of the artwork, there's no redeeming value of this. You have your big, giant, huge battle that's supposed to, you know, be the battle to end all battles, right? Nope, nope. Floating cube, cube of doom, and that's like, I, I, you, you feel J.K. You feel you feel cheated. So a, a D. Oh, that's too bad. I love the soundtrack we have right now. That's a- <laughs> what is your wife watching? She's listening to long? some sort of music. She's probably watching something on Facebook. What are you doing? Ooh, ooh, don't, never, something never, on YouTube. No, I was watching these gymnast chicks. Like, holy shit, they're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit, they're amazing. That's awesome. They're amazing, Spider-Man. There you go. Tying it all in. <laughs> all right. <laughs> And the, and the cameo appearance I, by my wife, ladies and gentlemen. By, by the way, Zach, uh, next week will be my 10th wedding anniversary. Oh, and and I, I want you to, uh, a word of wisdom from the married guy on the show, never uh, say to your wife, what are you doing? Yeah, it's, it's, you'll pay for it later. <laughs> uh, dude, that, that's an absolutely true story. Exactly. <laughs> I say we go to 2099 with George, number 10, 11, and 12. It's funny that Zach brings up, uh, you know, yet another Spider-Man book where, oh, here we have the Avengers popping up because uh, Spider-Man 2099 wrapped up and then rebooted into Secret Wars 2099, which is where, again, look, it's the Avengers and every goddamn thing that hits the stands now. I think it's Ike Perlmutter being like, let's do all the Avengers ever. God almighty. And I, I mean, I love the Avengers, but cut me a effing break already. <laughs> At least it's all the right. humans. That's I, I would prefer the Inhumans. <laughs> I, 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 well, I take that back. Not the new jackass Inhumans. Oh, I, I like I the new Inhumans. Hey, jackass makes another appearance. Boom. Goes to that. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> Spider-Man 2099, number 10, which came out back in March. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, if you remember from the last time when we talked month ago, back in March, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> you had uh, you had Miguel getting manhandled by Maestro and dumped in a dungeon. Uh, fortunately for Miguel, he's trapped here with a similar with a similar uh, with or uh, with a familiar face. Pardon me uh, from 2099. If you if you've read, you know, Peter David's 2099, back from back in the day, uh, it's strange. The Sorceress, Sorceress Supreme of uh, of the 2099 uh, timeline, and she who refers to Spider-Man as S-Man. She's a gestalt being, Brad. Mm. You, know, you, know, okay. you know what that means? I don't. Hit me up with it. <laughs> it's a whole made up of separate parts. Okay. Because she's also sharing, you know, the same space with the demon. If you, you may. Have I, yeah, I have read the. I don't remember the strange twenty nine nine's origin at hardly at all. Well, she was only in it for like a couple of issues. Okay. Oh, that's probably why. And it was in the nineties. So uh, <laughs> while Maestro parties down with his harem of Betty's, which is still wrong. It was wrong back in the nineties, and it's still wrong now. I mean, wrong in a good way. But you know what I mean. That's it's it's depraved. 
Now, now, when you say Betty's, it's not Betty Brant's. It's just a bunch of chicks. You don't remember that from Future Imperfect? He, he, he has a harem. No, he had he, he had a harem, but they weren't Betty Brant's. No, but I they mean, all, I mean Betty Banners. They were all I mean, named Betty. Betty. Oh, were Every they? Girl in his harem is named Betty. Oh, I didn't know That's that. That's why I called them his harem of Betty's. Hence why you said yes. that. Okay. That's funny. I didn't know that. <laughs> People are listening to this right now. Come on, Brad. Yeah, they're they're rooting for me to fail now. All right. So uh, <laughs> while uh, while Maestro is busy with the Bettys, uh, Strange manages to heal Miguel and uh, to overcome uh, a guard and escape the dungeon. After overcoming more of Maestro's goons, uh, Miguel and uh, Strange find themselves in the Maestro's infamous trophy room. Where they start to, if you've never read Future Imperfect, uh, the Maestro, which is a horrible, I, I don't mean horrible as in bad character, I mean horrible as in he's evil and horrible, you know, he's just a, he's a great villain. But he has a trophy room filled with the mementos of dead heroes and villains, some of which came from DC. If you read Future Imperfect, <laughs> I, I think he's got like a Green Lantern lamp in there. Oh, really? Yeah, That's... back in the original. Anyway. So we yeah. can see the trophy room. You know, there's things like Sentinel Head. There's Sentinel's Head and Wolverine Skeleton and what web shooters? I yeah, remember. and uh, Spider Woman's new Jackassy costume and uh, Captain Marvel's new Jackassy costume and uh, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Um, so that, they wind up in the trophy room, and uh, this is where Miguel finds Doctor Doom's time platform, which has you know, been in the Marvel Universe since the 60s. Uh, Miguel quickly repairs it using suits of Iron Man armor that are displayed inside the trophy room. Uh, their relation, however, is short-lived because Strange gets stabbed from behind and gutted by the maestro, who had been using the hood's cloak to hide himself from the heroes. Uh, Miguel and Maestro go toe-to-toe once more, but this time Miguel's ready and refuses to fall before the Maestro once again. He uses a blast from uh, Iron Man's Hulkbuster armor suit to drop Maestro long enough for him to use Doom's platform and escape back to New York of 616, just in time for it to end. (laughs) Back in Maestro's palace, uh, we find out that Strange's death had been a clever ruse by uh, the demon who she shares a body with, i.e. Gestalt. Uh, the demon and Maestro had engineered a plan to let Miguel escape and for the Maestro to use the now-functioning time platform to escape the 2099 timeline and arrive in the New Mexico desert, but of which timeline slash universe? We don't know. Um, so that's how it ends. Uh, this gets to be. There's, there's nice moments of two-fisted glory. Uh, we have a great conniving villain, a, a hero, demon, gestalt, wild card. Uh, the trophy room. The trophy room was always fun. And uh, Doom's Time Machine. It all adds up for uh, for a fun ride as we uh, as we wait for the uh, incoming. What is that? Sex like oh, this is so good. I've just got a snack. I, I've got a nom nom nom. <laughs> it's uh, Mrs. Field's cookie. I, <laughs> all right. Does Mrs. Field know you stole it? No. All right, so, uh, that was so, a B. Yeah, that gets a B. And uh, to finish up what I was saying before I was interrupted by cookie sounds. No, it was Mrs. Field. Yeah, uh, so uh, what, what I had said back in March, you know, ages ago, was that hopefully with Miguel back in 2019, or uh, with Miguel going back to 2099, uh, and I was talking about the Secret Wars coming up, that we would get a wrap-up on the subplots with Alchemex and Tempest and 
all that stuff. We got to wrap up with Tempest later, but uh, twenty nine and nine, just you know, Miguel is just a bit player in that. So um, anyway, uh, yeah, it's, it's B plus. Uh, it's good work from Peter David and Will Sliney. And then we go to Spider Man twenty nine and nine number ten or eleven. Pardon me. Eleven, yeah. Uh, which I originally covered back in April. So. Mickey finds his way back to Earth 616. So, uh, so what the shock is happening? Well, back in his new temporary home timeline, Miguel wants, uh, or wastes no time in trying to cure his superintendent and possible love interest. Not really, because they've only got two issues left together. Uh, Tempest of her cancer. Uh, if you remember, uh, she has leukemia. So, uh, keen readers will remember. Or, yeah, it's can- yeah, cancer. Got it. Well, leukemia is a, is a type of cancer, Brett. I got it. I got it. All right. So keen readers will remember that uh, he picked up a cure from Alchemix back in 2099 while he was dealing with uh, Deimos clones and the steampunk lady spider. Uh, It doesn't go off without a hitch, though. As Miguel sprays the cure onto a sleeping Tempest, she wakes up and is startled and angry to find uh, Spidey 2099 in her apartment. Uh, back at Liz Allen's Alchemex, uh, Miggy walks into a meeting over plans for the super prison Alchemex wants to build, seeking to compete directly with Peter Parker's company, Parker Industries, who also wants to build a giant super prison because Civil War apparently never happened. Um, <laughs> Miggy has legitimate concerns over Matt Gargan being involved in the planning, but the Scorpion explains that if you want to build a super prison, then getting input from someone who has been incarcerated in them is a positive step. Liz also makes it clear that she is not worried about competing with Peter. Uh, across town, Spidey, the first one, not Miguel, uh, is battling the spot during a dinosaur fossil heist. And you know what? Let's take a moment and just say, uh, you know, rest in peace, Herb Trimpey, who cooked no the doubt. spot. We didn't talk about that on the on the news. Uh, right. I just, uh, I just, that just now strikes me. But, uh, yeah, Herb Trimpey passed away, 75, uh, Marvel Workhorse. Uh, mm-hmm. Did a lot more Hulk work than he did Spider-Man, but, you know, the stuff he did with Spider-Man was fun, and he gave us the spot, so. Exactly. Uh, so Miguel shows up in a strack spot with a, with a webbing with webbing long enough for Spidey to drop spot with a hard left-fisted punch. Uh, the two then share notes atop the Chrysler building. Miguel catches up uh, on his run-in with the maestro back in 2099 and also tells Peter that he needs to win the prison bid against Liz. Peter makes it clear that he's not worried about Liz, which worries Miguel, who knows Liz is become a force to be reckoned. We all know how well that turned out, don't we, folks? Yeah. <laughs> Back in his apartment, Miguel checks on Tempest, who is drunk in celebration. Uh, she reveals that her doctor told her that her cancer is gone, meaning that, alchem- that the alchemic cure from 2099 worked. Relieved, Miguel continues to talk with the very tipsy Tempest, who starts putting the moves on Miguel. Hey, hey, finally get, yeah. get a little... Uh, once you go... T- once you go 2099, you never go back. That's right. In time. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, like, we, we can you know what the... happens when you do that type of thing. You get a baby. Punch. <laughs> not, not if, not if you uh, rap, you grab it before you tap it, like Jr. said. <laughs> <laughs> if you actually have forethought and planning, then then that yeah, that that doesn't happen. What do you think uh, birth control will be like in the future? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Brad, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what? What, what kind of question is that? Well, I'm doing a 2099 review. I know. I'm just thinking of what the future will be like for sex. Hey, probably you're got a topical cream. I don't know. <laughs> you remember yeah. the, uh, the 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 Judge Dredd? You know, with Sylvester Stallone. You have the. Hey yo, I am the law. Hey yo, I am the law with the little yeah. headgear and the, having sex with Sandra Bullock, but he's not. Um, yeah. Actually, that was a uh, Demolition Man. Oh, yeah. was that Demolition Man? Oh, okay. yeah, yep. that was Demo Man. Yeah, Sandra Bullock wasn't in Judge Dredd. 
Judge Dreadhead, right. Rob Schneider, oh, that's and right. Sylvester Stallone. I got, I got, Go back to Sleep Joiner. Actually, Demolition Man <laughs> also had Ro- Rog, Rob Schneider, too, Brad. What? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't I know that. Okay. I got moved. So while Miguel's well, t- making out with Tempest, <laughs> sorry, they start sorry. kissing, and then Tempest suddenly transforms into a monstrous insectoid creature that appears to have fly wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, review uh, A, we're back to basics and back on track, although we're swiftly coming to the end. Despite that, Peter David and Will Slaney's Spider-Man 2099 continues, or at this point continued, uh, to be the best Spider-Man title that Marvel was currently publishing. I say that not reading any of the other things aside from Amazing Spider-Man, because, damn, I just have no interest. <laughs> All right, so Spider- moving on Spider- to uh, what? Last, last issue. Yes. So here we are. At least we got an entire year of it before uh, Hickman screwed everything up. By the way, the covers of this series are absolutely beautiful. Oh, yeah, great covers. Absolutely beautiful covers. All 12 issues. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Last issue, Spider-Man 2099, number 12, in which we say goodbye for now to our much-beloved future Spidey before he becomes a bit player in the Secret Wars 2099 book. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Tempest, Mickey Superintendent, who, uh, remember last issue, was cured of a leukemia by Alchemex 2099's uh, serum that also turned her into a man-eating bug lady, uh, attacks Spidey 2099 and sends the two of them plummeting out of her apartment window. Uh, luckily, he can glide, and she has wings, so it's not that big of a deal. As Miguel tries to find a place to regroup and get ready to face her, he wonders what exactly could have turned her into an insectoid freak with a craving for his flesh. He hides out in Central Park and buys uh, enough time to have uh, Lila, remember that's his uh, holographic yep. uh, assistant from the future, try to figure out uh, what might have caused Tempest to transform from the sassy superintendent who has the hots for him into a murderous freak. Uh, Elsewhere in Central Park, Tempest is flying around searching for Miguel with a rumbly tummy, but she's easily distracted by shiny things, and she winds up colliding with a statue, uh, which brings her up against the lone... Just like every other woman. Right, which brings... Wow. Oh, wow. And his wife is saying this, too. Wildly inappropriate, Zach. (laughs) And and meet the couch. Uh, Sorry. Sorry I'm going to apologize out there er, to everybody for Zach's uh, blatant sexism. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> I know somebody else in this room was thinking it. I just happened to say it. Dude, you got to self-edit. Yeah, don't take us down with you, brother. Yeah, none, none of us are thinking it because we're not horrible people. Hey, <laughs> I'm not a horrible person. So, uh, so after she collides with the statue, she winds up uh, coming up against a lone New York beat cop out on patrol. Uh, during yeah. this time, Lila informs Miggy that the uh, transformation is likely temporary and may last anywhere from six minutes to six hours. When Miggy catches up to Tempest, or Freaky Bug Lady, as she now is, uh, she uses the cop as a hostage and threatens to kill her unless, uh, unless Miguel surrenders to her. The cop valiantly tells Spidey not to surrender, saying that she's just one cop and the city needs him more than her. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in a great uh, not your shield moment. Uh, Miguel O'Hara has always been Miguel O'Hara. What am I? What am I from Boston all of a sudden? Miguel <laughs> ah. O'Hara. That's not even Boston. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing now. Uh, Miguel O'Hara has always been an alternative plan kind of guy. So he webs the cop's gun over to his hand and opens fire on Tempest, knowing that her exoskeleton will protect her. Uh, his quick thinking provides enough of a distraction for Miguel to save the uh, officer, who gets grazed by a bullet. 
uh, and it allows them to knock Tempest uh, into one of Central Park's several lakes or ponds. Uh, while the cop radios for backup, Mickey and Tempest struggle against one another underwater. He eventually pretends to be drowning and reveals that he's actually Miguel, which makes Tempest recoil in shock and allows him to knock her out. Of course, remember, she's a giant bug lady right now. Uh, Miguel carries an unconscious yet still bugged up Tempest out of the water and is immediately confronted by several New York cops. Tempest transforms back into her her purple-haired normal self, still asleep in Miguel's arms. And the cops demand that uh, he stand down and surrender. Again, Miguel opts for the alternative plan, bailing out real quick like while the cops – before the cops can get a shot at him. Uh, he gets her back to her apartment and puts her in bed. <laughs> she comes to asking what happened to her, and Spidey explains everything, telling her that the cure he gave her also temporarily transformed her into a flesh-eating bug lady. He asks her how much she remembers thinking of his secret identity, and she tells him not much. And he tells her goodnight and closes the door, and then she says goodnight. And she calls him Miguel, meaning that yeah. she, she clearly remembered the most important part. Uh, and with that, Miggy's all-too-short run of adventures in 616 come to an end, just as Jonathan Hickman wrecks the Marvel Universe. Uh, B+, plus, thank you, Peter David. Thank you, Will Sliney. Thank you, Miguel O'Hara. I will not be following into 2099. I read that book, and while I, I overall I think it's good, I like Peter David, I like Will Sliney, uh, Miguel is a bit player in it, and I, it, it holds no interest in me now. Okay. So there you go. All right, uh, Mike. You want let's take on the specials. Okay. Um, the special the specials. Um, these were um, essentially were almost like pretty much glorified commercials for the Inhumans and the all new Captain America. Essentially. Okay. Um, guest starring Spider. Guest starring Spider Man <laughs> because after all they need him to kind of promote the book. Um, the, yeah. the, all the books were written by uh, Jeff Loveness, who was actually, I believe he was one of the uh, writers for Jimmy Kimmel Live. Uh, so, yeah. um, but there you have different artists on each one. So the art on the, on the Amazing Spider-Man special is uh, Luca Pizzaria. Pizar- um, P- I want to say Pizzaria. Pizzaria. I, it's not, it looks like pizzeria. Like pizzeria. Hey, it's a pizza bar. <laughs> hey, it it's like pizza. Who's it doing the artwork? It's some pizzeria. pizzeria. What's the matter, you? <laughs> hey, <laughs> gotta know <laughs> respect. <laughs> What's the matter, <laughs> you? Yeah. Why okay. you so sad? <laughs> it's a not so bad. It's a nice <laughs> place. Ah, shut up, or you face. <laughs> yes, it's by uh, oh, what's his that name? Guy, uh, King, that, King Louis, that one, yeah. Louis Prima, yeah. Louis Prima. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the, so the comic opens. Peter is in uh, the Marvel Universe equivalent of Starbucks, uh, trying to get a breakfast burrito. And there's also there's this sort of like this. There. What? What's the name of the the Marvel Universe equivalent? Does, Bar Stucks. Bar Stucks? Bar Stucks. Do they serve breakfast free to at Starbucks? Yes. I did they not do. know this until this comic, by the way. Really? I actually, I was like, and I'm a, you know, big Mexican, and I happen to be from, Ridge grew up in Southern California, so I'm a big Mexican food junkie. So when I found out that I they actually... you Mexican, I was like, I didn't know that. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> just just to correct thing, something like, for our listeners real quick. Uh, yeah. Not that I wanted to derail us from talking about Mexican food and talking about anything other than the comic we're reviewing. Um, <laughs> but shut up, you face, Brad, is Joe uh, Dolce. It's not Louis Prima. Joe oh, Dolce not. did it in like the 80s, so I don't even know where you're getting that. Okay. Uh, go home, Douglas. Okay, go back, anyway. go back to sleep, Brad. All right, back to the back issue. To the, and back to the review, um, or the recap. Uh, Peter tries to kind of approach this uh, sort of this girl in the coffee shop, but... 
he's kind of having a little anxiety issues because we all know how it goes. Either he tells her he's Spider-Man and faces a lifetime of bad guys coming after her, or he, you know, doesn't tell her and has to go through all these excuses, and she thinks, you know, he's nuts. And so, trying to toy through this he- through his head, she walks out, and he doesn't get a chance to ask her out. So he's sitting there, he goes swinging off his spidey, trying to enjoy his breakfast burrito, when all of a sudden he, his fire sense goes off and he sees this floating city. And out of this floating city comes a bunch of bird monster men. And so he figures, well, i got to go take care of these guys. And so he goes after them, swing, you know, attacks them, webs them up and everything. And at one point he even lands in Central Park and people are going around, they're taking, cell, they're taking their cell phone pictures of him. And he's like, why are you guys not fleeing in terror and everything? And the guy goes, and one of them says, come on, I'm from New York. This happens every week. So, and so at one point, there's even this one kid who thinks, this one girl who thinks Spider-Man is Blade. And she, <laughs> and she says, I want a picture with him. And he's like, where are you getting that idea from? And then anyway, he gets captured by, get caught by one of the Birdman, but he's able to keep fighting off. And all this time, Spidey's like, where are the Avengers? Why? Where are the Fantastic Four? Why is okay? Oh, that's right. Daredevil's in San Francisco. Iron Man's in San Francisco. The Avengers are probably fighting some interdimensional creatures in San Francisco. And at so at one point, as he's being overwhelmed, Medusa comes in of the Inhumans, and she uses her her hair to basically just cause this whiplash thing, knocks all these guys eyes out. And um, with her is also uh, another inhu- the other Inhuman, uh, I think it's Gor- Gorgon. Um, yeah. And they are looking around, and I guess they're looking um, for the Avengers and Fantastic Four to help them too, because their city of New Attilan is being under attack by these bird monsters. And Spidey's like, well, I'm, you, I'm an Avenger, and I used to be on the Fantastic Four. Why can't I help you out? And I know there's a great line in here where the guy, where uh, where uh, Gorgon asks uh, uh, Spidey, "Where are the real Avengers?" And Spidey goes, "I don't know, Mister Tumnus. Where's Narnia?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah. And so, yeah. and so eventually, and the thing is, uh, Medusa says, "Okay, can you help us, Spidey?" And Spidey apparently, um, he's, you know, as we all know, he's a sucker for redheads, and he's kind of. Thing. So she's kind of attractive and everything. So I'll help her out. And so, so then they go to New Land, and we meet all the and we see all, all the the new hum, new humans, which are the new Inhumans, those those four yeah. kids and stuff. And they they arrive and they um and they're and everything like this. They help them out. And there's also a great thing where they get it, where we introduce to each one one of them, and Spidey just makes fun of their code names. Like he just like goes on there like which you know like one guy is named uh, for example one guy is named um, Inferno whose real name is Dante and Spidey's like okay that's way too on the nose you need a better you need a better name and there's another guy named Flint and he goes okay that's not X Men enough you need something like <laughs> you need some like Rock Slide or Stones with a Z or something so. Uh, yeah, uh, he, he had good quippage in this. Oh line. yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, yeah, very. Yeah, he's very. You could tell that the writer was a comedian. Oh yeah, so he's I, very. Yeah, this Spidey's very much a smart ass, and yeah, I like. I liked it. Yeah, and I, so, I liked it too. So anyway, eventually, all the Inhumans and Spidey get together. They realize they need to go to this floating city. So they, since um, Lockjaw, uh, the teleporting Inhuman dog, is not there, they go to uh, Eldrak, the Living Gateway, uh, which 
apparently can teleport you to anywhere you want, you, everywhere you want to desire. So they get aboard the floating city and they find out the guy who the guy is in charge. Now, um, George, I don't know how well versed you are on your Marvel or your Golden Age Marvel history. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever heard of a guy called the Red Raven? No. Okay. Is this a timely character? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a character. It's the the red Ra- the character uh, the Red Raven is actually a guy from the Timely comics who was actually used to be partners with Namor. He used to kind of you know partners with Cap and everything. He's the villain in this, and so he kind of blames the Inhumans for something we don't, which we will find out later what what it is. And so he uses like some gravity beam to kind of imprison all the Inhumans, and then he opens up like a moon door like a hole in the floor, and Spidey and the new humans kind of fall into it. And that's how this issue ends. Okay. Um, Let's do pros and cons. Um, well, I'll just give uh, pros. I really like the way Spidey is characterized in this. I yeah. like the dialogue. I like the quippage. I like the fact that, you know, yeah, it's it's kind of a, it's basically a very, it's almost kind of a neoclassic take on Spider-Man. Like, it's mm-hmm. almost like, it's like, this is definitely like for people who, who haven't been keeping up with their regular comic and you need kind of like an introductory gateway thing, that that's what this is designed for. So this is kind of like, it's all, but um, now as for a con, I think there's, it, there's some issues here in terms of like continuity things because he doesn't really recognize who the Inhumans are and everything, even though he should. And, um, and you know, but I mean, otherwise I think it's actually, I gave this one a B plus And so I think it's a pretty good, I think it's a pretty good, you know, and you know, gateway comic and everything. I like the art and then this stuff like that. Was it worth four, five bucks? Um, surprisingly, yeah. I mean, I was, okay. I was nice. actually kind of, I was actually kind of hesitant about this because I'm yeah. thinking, oh, because it's, it's obviously a promotional comic. But I think it's actually what's was it worth promoting? The the guy from the Jimmy Kimmel shows writing it? No, no, it's actually well, it's oh, also it's promoting the Inhumans. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's promoting the Inhumans yeah. primarily. And they still trying to. It kills me that they're still trying to do that. But, but then you know all the rumors right now are that Inhumans are the new mutants. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty up. much. So, yeah, uh, that's so why I, I kind of like the line where he's where Spidey tells that one guy, "Oh, you're you're not you know you're not um, your codename's not X Men enough." And he's like, "All there's also even a point where he's like giving them advice, like, oh, don't date Cyclops or Daredevil, but, you know, if you want to have a longer life, you know." But yeah, so but I mean, there's other things, but. Um, Anyway, so what's part two? Is it the Inhumans or Cap? Uh, yeah, the part two is the Inhuman special. Okay. And right away, and it's still written by Loveness, and this time the art is by Ryan Lee. And yeah. Um, anyway, see, I didn't, I didn't pick up this one or the other one. Okay, well, the Spider-Man one. So I don't. This know. one it opens up kind of where we last left off, and like with Spidey and the new humans are falling to the uh, to the uh, to the noon door, and so. He's kind of, you know, they're trying to, he's trying to ask any of these guys, do you know how to fly? And no one really does. One of them is uh, by name, I think it's like Aja, who looks like kind of like a snake bird thing. She's got, can glide or something. And so they're, she can't catch all these in good time. And so Spidey whips up some webbing and makes kind of like a hammock and catches them all. Um, back up in the, uh, the area where this, the name of the floating island, where the Red Raven he kind of explains a little bit, goes into a little bit of his backstory about how he, um, cra- like when he was a baby, he crash landed on uh, this I- this floating island, which was populated by these by the by these in- 
group, the splinter group of Inhumans who could fly, who have bird wings and can fly. And then he eventually got great wings grafted to him um, as part of their genetic experiment mojo thing. And so he, during World War II, he was he joined with uh, Captain America and the Invaders. Uh, then after he came back, he decided he settled down, had a, got married, had kids, and he became a grandfather and everything else. But then, um, during, I guess this is, goes back to, I guess, that um, all that Infinity crossover thing. I don't know if you guys remember that that whole thing, or have ever read that crossover, guys? I did. Okay. Okay, you know that thing about the, the Terrigen bomb blowing up? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because of that, that, infi- that mutated all the Inhumans on this island. And so that's why they became all these bird monsters, and so, including the Red Raven's Rife. And so he wants revenge for, for what he for, – because he blames the Inhumans for doing that. Even so though, the, in- the Inhumans that were already mutated got yeah. hit with the Terrigen bomb again and mutated even more, so he's pissed. Yeah, yeah, so okay, he's pissed, right. It. All right. Yeah, and so th- – so, and Medusa's trying to explain that it wasn't her, it was her husband, Black Bolt, and so he says, I don't care. And so he's going to use his gravity beam to destroy New Attilan. Um, meanwhile, back with Spidey and the uh, new humans, they're kind of scaling the wall. They're trying to scale up back inside and stuff and everything like this. And so he says, well, maybe I should try to call the Avengers now, and he only to realize that he forgot his Avengers ID card. He left it back, in his, back at his apartment. And so they're thinking, oh, man. And so he's trying, you know, the, all the humans are kind of turning on him. The new humans are thinking he kind of sucks as a leader and everything. So Spidey, but Spidey kind of gives it his, um, this inspirational speech. He says that he says, look, I've made some huge mistakes. I've lost a lot of friends. I've lost, you know, but no matter, and no matter what I do, I always seem to lose, but I refuse to be beaten. And so. And this also explains that's why he makes jokes, because he wants to laugh in the face of adversity, literally. And so he tells these guys, you know, who, you know, we rallies them up and everything, and they all join forces. And so they go back inside, they go, manage to go back inside of a cavern thing, and they find more bird monsters, and they are able to hold them off. But then there was one of the gravity beams, I guess, somehow blast down, and Spidey kind of leaps at them to get them out of the way, and somehow manages to fall off the edge of the island. Everybody else is fine except him. And so as he's falling down, he gets rescued by Sam Wilson, also known as the all-new Captain America. And that's... Sets up the next one. Sets up the next one. All right. Pro and con grade. Uh, Pro... Okay. Grade, I'm giving this about a C-. minus. Okay. Um, I did... um, I liked, again, I liked the Spidey's characterization in there. I also liked his little speech and also the fact that it was very kind of you know, shows that it's not he's not just a co- complete town. Biggest con for me is the art. I don't know if you guys seen images of this thing or not, but I haven't. Okay, the best way I can describe how Spidey looks like in this: um, imagine seeing one of those aliens on those UFO conspiracy shows that you see <laughs> on late night at the Discovery <laughs> Channel, and that alien is wearing like red and blue body paint. That's what Spidey looks like in this comic. Oh, that sounds bad. Oh yeah, it's one. I mean, you probably can see through screen caps of this thing in the in my you know page review thing, but it's just yeah. it just looks. Like, I mean, I just took me really out of the story and everything. I mean, yeah. it's just really awful. Um, okay, so now we come to the final part of these specials, which is the all new Captain America special. 
Right. And so that last one was not worth the five dollars. <laughs> no, no, it was not. Okay. Um. Th- so this special is by is also again written by Jeff Loveness, and this time the artist on this one is Alec Morgan. Um. And so it opens with, you know, he's Cap, he's flying, he sees Spidey, and he catches him. Um. And, you know, and then Sam and then the. Sam will, and Sam is like he's like oh great I got I had to rescue Spidey because Spidey kind of gets on his nerves he's Spidey's kind of thinking like he asks him all these kind of questions is like so you have bird powers right so you talk to birds and Sam's like yes he says <laughs> so 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 Spidey asks well if you found out every bald eagle was a communist would you tell America or would you keep it a secret <laughs> nice and so Cap is like and so Sam's like just shut up and. And, he's, and so finally he gets – so we open back up. So so Sam takes Cap – I mean, it's not Cap uh, – Spidey back to the uh, new humans. And so Spidey explains the situation. So then – so Sam you – know, or should I call him Falcap, I think, yes? Um, and the new humans – Falcap. Falcap, yeah. Falcap, Spidey, and the new, new humans, um, they go rescue Medusa and the other – and humans, uh, they're going out. They're going in attacking the Red Raven. And um, Falcap, he just tries to attack the Red Raven like, uh, like Cap, like the, the, the Steve Rogers would. Doesn't really work um, because the Red Ravens, you know, because he knew trained under the real, under uh, the original Captain America, he's able to kind of kick Falcap's ass. Um, Spidey at one point actually grabs Cap's shield and says, "Hey, you know," he picks it up and he's like. And he tries to throw it for freedom, and he misses. <laughs> and so, so then Falcap goes, well, i got to think of a different strategy. So he flies up, and all the bird monsters and the Red Raven follow him. And so Falcap's able to summon all these different birds of prey to attack uh, the Red Raven and all the uh, bird monsters. And able to, you know, you know, they get back into the room and everything like this. And so um, as this happens... Falcap, because of his connection with birds, he, with the birds, he's able to kind of have some of the psychic backlash from the bird monsters, and he's able to find out that they're still kind of aware of their actions, including from, um, and he's able to single out also uh, the Red Raven's wife, and that she wants, and that she wants him, her husband, to stop doing what he's doing, and so, and eventually Spidey. All of you having heard this, he says, okay, look, you know, you know, he kind of also kind of pleased with him, tells him to talk him down. It says, tells him that, you know, we're so, you know, we're sorry for what happened. I don't think anyone's kind of apologized for you, for what you're doing, but it occurs to us that, you know, you could have destroyed New Atland at at any time you wanted to, but you did it. You're, you, you went through this whole thing and stuff. And, and so, and eventually Red Raven kind of breaks down and says, you know, you're right. He kind of gives up and says, "I just, I just wanted my wife back," and so he shuts down the gravity beam. But when he does that, he also shuts down the 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 Erie's anti-grav thing. So the island is falling uh, down into New York City. So then, one of the new humans, um, Flint, has to because he has the ability to kind of control, um, kind of like you know, Earth and kind of almost like he's like an earthbender basically if you're using an avatar reference okay. and so he's able to kind of stabilize the island and crash it into the Hudson with any, and, and save everybody's lives um, 
So then we go to the ho- into a hospital where the Red Raven is curving, and he's being visited by old man Steve Rogers, um, who says, you know, he's kind of kind of gives him some comfort and everything like this. And so, and so the comic wraps up with Spidey. He finds uh, Medusa sitting on top of a roof, and he's brought her some breakfast burritos. And he's and so Spidey kind of tells Medusa about Gwen Stacy and how he kind of knows how the Red Ravens what the Ravens go, been going through. And this kind of cheers Medusa up, and she's, you know, accepts Spidey's, you know, breakfast burrito. And so Spidey's like, "Hey, I can show you around the city sometime." And she, and so Medusa's like, "Great, I'll, you know, my husband and I would love it." And so Spidey's like, "Oh yeah, you're married to Black Bolt, the guy who can shatter things by just saying stuff." Whoops, and and he says, and then Medusa's like, "Oh well, I, you know." You know, it's it's a complicated thing, but it's nice sometimes to have a share a meal with a friend, and so that's and that's how the comic ends. So with a, with a breakfast burrito, with a breakfast burrito. <laughs> yep. All right, break it down. Okay, uh, pros uh, again, like the uh, characterization, not so much the um, again from Spidey, not so much. I mean, again, kind of runs the gamut. That yes, he says, you know, that being the jokester, you know, sarcastic thing, also a little bit. Um, even though he has a little bit kind of like clownish stuff, but at the same time he has a sense of heart. Like I like the fact that he was able to talk to the Red Raven and you know use kind of reason and stuff like that. Um, and I also, um, as for cons, I mean, I think the um, I wasn't really too impressed with the Red Raven as a character as a whole. I kind of think mainly because I think it's a little bit on the um, you know it's kind of simple. Reven- you know, revenge thing. Not not a big Inhumans fan with the current direction and stuff like that. And I did. I thought I was okay. The art was okay. It's not. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not great, but it's not awful. So, um, so final grade for this is is going to be. Uh, it's B. So okay. I think yeah, it's pretty. I mean yeah. So that so overall, I would say for this whole these specials, I kind of do hope that they come out and trade. Because I think that'd be kind of ideally suited for 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 them for people to pick it up rather than just uh, and the, the chances of that happening are about one hundred and ten percent. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, and by the way, you said something about aliens, right? Yeah. First, the first thing that popped in my head was X Files. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. the trade would probably be about eight bucks, wouldn't it? Eight or nine bucks, and this yeah, probably, you're out fifteen buying it now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. No, they'll charge you twenty, Brad. Come on, they want to get their money Three back. Issues? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, these are all extra well, sized issues too. That's the other thing. That these aren't yeah. your, these aren't your standard did twenty pages. Did it feel padded, by the way? Um, sometimes. I mean, the, the second one definitely did. I mean, the, uh, I mean, in some that means I wouldn't just really so much. Li- I mean, mind the first one a little bit because I mean, just the way they because of the way the writing and everything like this, but I think the second one felt that way. And maybe a little bit of the third, especially because a lot of it is a lot more silent panels and stuff yeah. of that sort. But overall, I thought it was. I thought this was actually, if I wanted to talk about it as a whole, I thought all three, as a, as a story, I thought it's pretty decent. It's pretty kind of a B. It's probably your slightly above average kind of pretty much tale and everything like this. Just, you know, but, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it, so... All right, uh, I've got Spider-Man the X-Men title. I'm going to wrap this uh, one up. There's, I guess this was originally intended as a six-issue series. It was solicited as an ongoing before Secret Wars, but uh, we got to end it real damn quick. Uh, Spider-Man the X-Men, number four, written by Elliot Kalan, art by R.B. Silva. 
the plot opens with uh, an all-new Sinister Six. The leader is Swarm. Are you ready, George? It's Swarm. He's no, I hate this goddamn book. <laughs> <laughs> the Nazi skeleton covered with bees. Exactly. He's, he talks so like boring. a German. And uh, the new Sinister Six uh, consists of Swarm, Killer Strike, Eight Ball, uh, the Melter, who I don't know, Delilah from the uh, Tom Jones song, and uh, Squid from the J. Michael Straczynski run. Delilah from the, uh, from the much-lamented Clone Saga? Maybe. Maybe. I don't remember. Is she an assassin? I Possibly. But I'm thinking, my, 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 Delilah. I know, but since we're talking <laughs> comics, I thought I would keep it in, in that sort yeah, of Yeah, but I'm bringing in Tom Jones when I can. I'm not going to fight you on that. <laughs> because Brad is no. not unusual for you. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> pussycat. What's new? Uh... <laughs> Anyway, the new, the all-new Sinister Six, as they're calling themselves, are robbing a bank in New York City, and they're picking up about ten million dollars. And, and just so happens, Spider-Man and his ex-kids show up. And when uh, Swarm says that they're the all-new Sinister Six, he goes, "Why does everyone keep using that name? You're going to have to pay Mysterio royalties every time you use it." And Spidey said that's why it's good to go on patrol, kids, and take along a mutant that can smell bee pheromones. Do they still have that girl that looks like an old man? Yes. She okay. plays an important part in this book, leading up to the end. So yeah. Spider-Man fights Swarm, and he has a great line about, damn it, I forgot my citronella. I thought that was funny. <laughs> citronella doesn't work on bees, I don't think. Well, it was funny nonetheless. It works on bugs. Oh, I'm sorry. Ha, ha, ha. There you go. Ha, ha, ha. Hellion, which is one of Spider-Man's ex-kids, blasts Swarm. And uh, you hear a squat or a squish sound effect, like bees being Those smashed. are two very different sound effects. What's, what's the actual sound effect? And then Spidey advises, you know, hey, kid, it's not good to kill bees, especially when they make up a whole dude. But a couple bees got away, and he says, oh, he'll reform later. So then the Spider-X team goes back to the mansion, and uh, the Beast says, you know what, Spider-Man, it's time for a science-off. So they're going to have a science Fair where the Beast's kids go up against Spidey's kids. And Spidey says, all right, you overgrown cookie monster, let's do this. And meanwhile, in the background, Rachel, who is Jean Grey's kid from an alternate dimension, doesn't trust Spider-Man. And uh, she goes to Storm to c- complain about uh, a non-mutant teaching the students. And she, lear- she learned last issue uh, that uh, Peter Parker is Spider-Man because she entered his mind and got his identity out which is really an invasion. And she learned that Peter Parker is an uh, an inventor and owns Parker Industries, and he's an industrialist, and she doesn't trust those. She considers him just like Trask and Ahab, who invented the Sentinels and the slave collars uh, from her timeline. And so Spidey uh, then says to his team, we can't lose to this missing link between man and Smurf, which we call the Beast. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna do our best with the science off. So the beast ca- uh, creates a transporter made from bamps, which are those little bitty nightcrawler things. And uh, his his invention is they can transport to the sword station up in up in the uh, up in space. So Martha, who is uh, the student, which is just a brain, which is just like a floating brain with like spikes coming out of it. Uh, 
she stops Rachel from entering Spider-Man's mind to learn more about him. And she says, it's not responsible to use your powers to go into Spider-Man's mind. That's not the responsible thing to do. Hence, she's learning something from Spider-Man about responsibility, which I like. Uh, a mishap, of course, occurs with the new science project, and a BAMP uh, comes out of the transporter in a black suit symbiote. So the BAMP is covered in a symbiote, and then Deathbird appears, and she too is covered in a symbiote, and is all black, and she says, Sword has fallen, and she's the commander of the Brood symbiote, symbiote Imperium. And then a whole bunch of broods that are covered in black symbiotes come out of the, the transporter to be continued next issue art is my pro art and quippage are the best things about this book it's and this book had a fill-in art by uh rb silva and the art is absolutely beautiful uh i love how silva draws spider-man it looks like classic ramita he drew spider-man's eyes very uh just Perfect. It almost. I have an Alex Ross head bust in my Spider collection, and that's what it looked like. It was just an absolute perfect rendition of Spider-Man. Um, Kalan nails Spider-Man's quibbage. He is very, very funny in this book. The, the Spider-Man dialogue is my favorite part of this series. Con, uh, the issue is kind of predictable. Every every issue ends or sets up with one of Spider-Man's villains teaming up with one of the X-Men villains to take on the whole team. It's, and we're four issues in, and this kind of happens. We've got the Brood teaming up with the Symbiotes. You've got uh, the Chameleon teaming up with Mojo, previous issues. Uh, I also didn't like Rachel being racist against humans like Spider-Man, who's proven himself over and over. They've teamed up. Uh, when she was an Excalibur, etc. So it just seems a bit off for Rachel to be so hating. B minus for that issue. Uh, Spider-Man the X-Men number five, again written by Elliot Kalan, art by Marco Falia, who is the regular artist. So that one artist I liked so much is uh, not on this issue. Uh, the plot opens without the portal coming ton of broods covered in symbiotes. It's a nice two-page spread splash. Spider-Man and the X-Men fighting. Also in that two-page splash, you see Firestar and Iceman in there in the panel. So as an Amazing Friends fan, I got a little excited. Uh, <laughs> Firestar uses all of her energy to push the brood back into the portal because, uh, because the symbiotes hate fire. Um, and then Rachel, uh, again, is so anti-Spider-Man, says it's all Spider-Man's fault that the symbiote's attacked because he used to wear a symbiote. Then Spidey says, quote, if you can read my mind, what finger am I thinking of? I thought that was very <laughs> cute. Uh, so then Spider-Man and his ex-team transport the sword to take on the uh, help, help rescue uh, the sword folks up there. And the beast says, Spider-Man... How did these symbiotes get here? And Spidey quips, okay, you open a restaurant, you get some rats. You go into space, you get some symbiotes. I thought that was a very cute quote. Uh, he then says, I got my suit from... This is another great quote from Spider-Man. He says, I got my suit from an alien-making machine on a battle world designed by a sentient dimension with a jerry-curl hair. <laughs> the, be the Beast says, eh, "Why does it? what does it say that I actually get that? Which was very funny. I thought that was a cute line. So Spider-Man and the gang, they fight Deathbird, and he asks No Girl, which is, again, that girl that just has a brain in a, in a box floating around. Uh, and basically in a bubble, he says, "Hey, Death, uh, no girl, help me! I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear a symbiote, 
but enter my brain and make sure that it doesn't take me over. So he dons a black suit, and he takes on Deathbird to get rid of all the symbiotes and... and um, he convinces Deathbird, who's pregnant. I don't, I don't know if you guys read X Men. I forget who Deathbird's daddy, Deathbird's baby daddy is. Does anybody know? Oh yeah, I don't know. Um, I forget. It's it, been. A, it's, 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 I think it has to go back to Wolverine and the X Men okay. somewhere. I, I, I think. forget who the baby daddy is. Anyway, mm-hmm. he says it might be Dupe. No, Dupe. Dupe. Yeah, there was a thing going on with Deaf Bird and Dupe, I believe. Oh, my gosh. That'd be a <laughs> looking kid. Anyway, um, he he fights uh, Death, Spider-Man in the black suit and convinces Death Bird to get rid of the, the symbiotes and do it for her baby. So she rips the symbiote off, and then uh, they fight, and the uh, then they have to evacuate the space station, and they need Glob, which is basically a kid where you can just see his skeleton inside of him. And he says, hey, kid, I'm going to need uh, your, you to absorb this energy, so I'm going to web, I'm going to plaster you on the front of this spacesuit. I'm going to web you to the front, and I want you to absorb all the heat <laughs> from the in- entry back into the atmosphere. Yeah, that sounds about as weird as, as just described it. So they web him to the front, he absorbs it, and Spider-Man celebrates as they enter Earth. And land and says, yay, I haven't killed any of my students yet. Yay. So anyway, Spider-Man, back at the mansion, Spider-Man learns who the mole is in the group. There's a traitor in the group, and he has to find out. Evidently, it's Ernest, which is that character that George hates, which is an old woman. Actually, it's a a young girl that looks like an old woman. I thought it was Ernst. Ernst, there you go. Not Ernest. Hey, Vern. I'm not done reading the book, and I know this. this Ernst. Ernst. Anyway, she's teaming up with Mr. Sinister. Again, a predictable how an ex- Anyway. Uh, so, the pro, Kalan, can nail a funny Spider-Man. He has excellent humor in this book. The art is pretty good. It's not as good as the, the fill-in from the previous, but uh, I, I enjoy it. The con, I guess this is my con of the whole series. It's very cartoony. Uh, it almost feels like a Marvel Adventures comic. Uh, I, I still, I really don't buy the concept of Spider-Man taking time out of his busy day to go train some ex, ex-kids. And it just doesn't, I mean, I, I don't buy the concept. But I'm giving this one a C-. minus. Okay, last issue, Spider-Man the X-Men number six. This is, wraps up the series. We end it here. Uh, Kalan, again, on art, I mean, on writing and uh, art Falia. So uh, we no, we open with Spider-Man uh, strapped into a chair. Uh, we have no idea how Sinister drugged him and put him on an examining table, but we'll just go with it. Uh, Sinister then talks about how he got the blood and the DNA of all the next generation of mutants from the school, and Ernst is the one that helps helped him do that. So Ernst. Uh, reveals that the reason she betrayed the team is because she wanted to give a body to No Girl, and Sinister could make that happen. No Girl again, the the kid with just the brain floating in a box. So the brain is transferred into the body of a cloned storm with a mohawk, and Spidey has some great quippage against Sinister like, uh, is your last name really Sinister? I mean, is your first name Ted? Is it like Ted Sinister? So he's really he's really taunting him with some fun quip, quippage. I like that. The team, the X team, then breaks in to rescue Spider-Man, and Sinister says he's not he's not only cloned Storm, but he uh, meet his team. Are you ready for it? His team is called Sinister's Six. 
Oh, I, thought, I thought that was actually kind of funny. Uh, Sinister Six. It's made up of a cloned Wolverine, a cloned Firestar, a cloned Beast, a cloned Iceman, oh my and Nightcrawler clones. You pay money for this. It's not. (laughs) Dude, this isn't all new Ultimates bad. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. But you paid money for this, right? I did. I liked it. And there's no Ben Riley? Wait for it. There's a clone reference coming up. Are you ready? There's a clone saga reference coming up. So Spider Man tells his ex team don't, whatever you do, don't kill the clones. They're living beings. And he says, you know, I'm kind of partial to clones. So then, there's your clone reference. There, you, there go. you go. So then Spidey then taunts Sinister, who shoots a beam at Spider-Man, and Spider-Man jumps away, and, and uh, he, the, the beam that Sinister shot at him destroys all the samples of DNA on the X-Men. And Spidey says, ha-ha, spoiler alert, I did that on purpose. And Sinister says, you just doomed humanity to mediocrity, and that's not even how spoiler alerts work, is what Sinister says. I thought that was kind of funny. Ernst then fights No Girl, and Ernst says, I had a responsibility to help you, and you were supposed to be responsible and help others. And then Ernst rips the brain out of the, cl- out of the Storm clone. <laughs> and the- <laughs> So you see Ernst, an old-looking uh, old kid, holding a brain in her hand. Then Spider-Man says, hey, Jimmy Sinister, come on, buddy. And then he just keeps calling him different first names of Sinister, which is kind of funny, too. Then suddenly Spider-Man's knocked out, and then he awakens, and he's uh, on a table. He sees Storm, and he says, did the team win? How how did the fight happen? And Storm says, they won, and they're better students because of Spider-Man's teachings. And Spidey then says, he uh, goes back and talks to the kids, says, I'm proud of you guys. I really, you know, I've got other things to do. I'm on three different teams, so I, <laughs> I can't really teach this class anymore, but I want to keep in touch with you. So a month goes by, and, he's, and the ex-kids meet up, and, and evidently they do a monthly patrol around the city with Spider-Man as their teacher. So the last page of the book ends with Ernst saying, Professor Spider-Man, please say it, okay? Just say it. It was like, all right, to me, my X-Men. So you see Spider-Man say Professor X's famous line, to me, my X-Men. The pro, funny insults of uh, Mr. Sinister. I kind of liked them his clones being called Sinister Six. That was kind of funny. Nice use of the kids getting the... uh, the responsibility aspect of Spider-Man's teaching. Uh, the art's not bad. Uh, again, kind of like I said earlier with previous review, this is this is very Marvel adventurous, uh, Marvel adventures comic. Um, I, I just don't buy the concept of him teaching X-Men kids. But I trust me, I've read a lot worse books. This is average to just a little bit above average. And and if if uh, Kalan would ever write. Uh, a regular spider title with his his uh, quippage of Spider-Man. I think I think it'd be really good. I mean, I think he understands the voice of Spider-Man, especially when it comes to quippage during fight scenes, etc. And so, praise to Mr. Kalan for taking what could be a horrible book, as it could have been all new Ultimates bad, and actually doing something with it. So, bravo. <laughs> <laughs> So if if it's if you see this in a trade, I would I would pick it up. I'd recommend it. So all right, people are gonna hate you later. They're not. It's not that bad a book. I, I mean, so 
you've got my recommendation. Hey, it had Stegron in it. It had Stegron and it had Swarm. It had Clo- that doesn't make it good. Just because it has somebody in it, it's like somebody said in the Skype chat earlier. Knowing Spider-Man doesn't make you cool. Well, how come you didn't like this book? It had Galactus in it. Yeah, Galactus was selling fries. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean no aye, aye, aye. All right, where should we go now? What, I, I say it's Secret Wars time. All right, Secret Wars number one. Take me through it, Mike, briefly, if that's at all possible. Oh, gosh, yeah. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. you literally have to have read virtually every single one of Jonathan Hickman's comics in order to understand the basic premise. But, yeah. okay, so here is, um, here is what the premise, Cliff Notes version. The multiverse is prematurely, pre- prematurely collapsing. Um, this is causing Earths from different dimensions to literally collide into e- each other in events called incursions. If both Earths collide into each other, both universes get destroyed. If one Earth is destroyed but not the other one, then both universes survive. Uh, there was a group uh, consisting of some Avengers called the Illuminati who have been trying to blow up Earths, uh, vacant Earths prematurely in order to save their world. While there's another group called the Cabal, which is made up of guys like uh, uh, Thanos and Namor, and and also the evil Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe, um, that have been trying to blow up Earth with with populations in them. Um, suffice to say, there are now only two universes left: the Marvel Six One Six Universe and the Ultimate Universe. Also. Uh, for it's too complex to get into, Doctor Doom, Doctor Strange, and the Molecule Man uh, trans, uh, go back in time, and they face the Beyonders. Yes, there is more than one. Uh, the Burt Convey Beyonder that we all know and love, he's actually considered a child. Um, he, to put it in Star Trek terms, he is the Squire Trelane to the Beyonders <laughs> 2 continuum. Okay, yeah. so we open up with um, uh, the evil Reed Richards, um, he's talking to uh, the Ultimate Nick Fury, and he's trying to convince uh, Ultimate Nick to go to f- a full-scale invasion of the Marvel 616 Earth and destroy it. Um, so that's pretty much what happens. When this issue, there's all the S.H.I.E.L.D. forces from, and also the Ultimate, Ultimate Iron Man go to Earth 616 and just start really basically raising it up, raising it to... Blowing, blowing up New York City and everything. Spidey is trying to save civilians um, through all the chaos, while um, the Fantastic Four and the Black Panther, they're trying to evacuate uh, scientists, engineers, teachers, basically, you know, people on board a life raft um, to basically, in the case they want to restart civilization. Um, the, the people from the Ultimate Universe, because of stuff like... Uh, um, you know, um, ultimatum and cataclysm are getting their asses handed to them. Um, thanks, Jeff Loeb. Um, <laughs> but um, there's even a point where uh, yeah, half their heroes are dead. Yeah, and guess yeah. what? Even more die because there's one point where Colossus performs a fastball special with the Hulk and destroys the ultimate um, uh, ultimate uh, Shield headquarters. And at this point, Ultimate Nick's kind of telling uh, the evil Reed. Ultimate Reed Richards, hey, uh, can you kind of help us out here? And and the evil Reed's like, yeah, sorry, uh, you're on your own. I've got my own th- plans. And so he sends out the Ultimate Reed, evil Reed, Ultimate Reed, he sends out a squad of things. I don't know if you guys, how well you guys are familiar with 
what's been going on in the Ultimate Universe or anything with Old Evil Reed or anything. But he has, I have. Okay, because he has a group called the Children of Tomorrow, which are basically like these um, brainwashed cyborg sentry things, and they come to the Earth 616, and they start just killing everybody. They killing heroes like uh, Rocket Raccoon is dead. Groot, dead. Um, Groot, dead. Yeah, well, we see them get killed on power. We see yeah. them get wiped out while knowing that they're all coming, that they're all about to okay, get, get up. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty much. So the but, entire uh, thing. Uh, I just, I, I remember I read, I actually read this thing, and I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, well, it's like ooh, the end of the six one six, and I'm the, like, all I can is a yawn for me. Okay, well, <laughs> anyway, um, also the uh, scientists that uh, that the Fantastic Four were trying to bring aboard, they all get blown up too. Um, along with some other heroes. So they decide, okay, we got to go to Plan B. And Plan B is they have a character called Manifold. And Manifold has the ability to kind of sort of bend space-time and basically fancy way of teleporting. Um, and so he, they said that we need, we need, you need to uh, teleport some survivors, people that we're going to need. One of them happens to be Spider-Man. The other four are... Um, Thor, the new Thor, who I don't know if you guys know, is revealed to be Jane Foster. Um, you have Star yeah. Star Lord, uh, Carol Danvers, and also Cyclops, who, for reasons unexplained, he has also re- reacquired the power of the Phoenix because he had a Phoenix egg and hatched it, and so he has Phoenix powers now. Um, they all get aboard uh, Reed's life raft. They take off just as both universes are being destroyed, and. Say so long to the Ultimate Universe. We didn't, we're not going to miss you. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, good riddance almost pretty much there. Um, so, finally. Um, so, as they're in the... But the gravitational forces from this incursion are so strong that a section of the life raft rips out. And just so happens that, uh, you know, Susan Storm, thing, th- the Thane, and the Human Torch... Uh, Reed Richards' kids and the Future Foundation are on board that section, and Re- Susan can't fish. She can. She tries to use her force field, her invisible force field powers to kind of hold it together, but it's no use. The thing blows up right before Reed's eyes, and the whole universe just goes to white and then to black. But before that happens, in the white void, we see the eyes of Doctor Doom, and this turns out to be significant later. Um, okay. Now, if you want, I can go ahead and just go to give a quick, um, grade to this one. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Pros and cons are great. Um, yeah, this was, I gave this one a B minus. Um, okay. there are good scenes in here, like individual moments and, engine of, you know, various, like one of the best scenes is actually where the, have the shows, so the very super villains are like watching the destruction happen on like a TV and then the Punisher walks in. And he basically tells him, he's yeah. like, you know, what am I going to do with all these bullets since I can't take them with me? And so he, um, stuff like that. That was one of my favorite. That was one of my yeah. favorite. Why the Punisher, Punisher fire so many is because he can't take them with him when he goes. That's, r- that's right. <laughs> yep. He's going out of. got to admit, George, you even liked that part, didn't oh, you? Oh, I hated that part. That part was straight up goddamn stupid. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Why? Why? The, fa- the, the Kingpin emailing all of Spider-Man's other enemies. Like like they're like they're chat buddies on some sort of goddamn network. <laughs> that was ridiculous. I say, really and I, I, and I remember, I remember, I, I read about this online because Hickman, 
uh, commented on that, and he was like, you know, I just I, I brought this up to Brevard, and he was like, I don't know, Brevard, am I just having too much fun with it? Am I just being crazy? And then Brevard was like, no, I love it, just do it. And I was like, God damn, they they, they needed a grown up in the effing room. Oh, that was so. No that was straight. I like the idea of the Punisher taking them yeah, all out. Yeah. I like no, no. I like the idea of Punisher showing up and taking them all out. I don't like the idea that everybody's emailing one another. Oh, like yeah. Buddies. That was okay. goddamn ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so yeah, really my other work. my other pro, I do like Zachary Bix art here, but he has this weird thing about drawing faces. I really, I mean, I don't know if you guys looked at the. Uh, some of the way he has either he, he, he has can't do faces. He struggles with them. Yeah, he only has two faces. He either has oh, it looks like some he, they look like somebody actually uh, ripped one in the room and they don't want to say anything. <laughs> or half, half his female <laughs> have O faces. Yeah, or the O face exactly. Those are the only two faces that he seems to have in the entire and that he seems to can be able capable to do. But yeah. other than that, it looks great. Um, so if he could just draw <laughs> hair in front of every woman's face. <laughs> Maybe, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. And also, I think the other big, uh, one big con, I think, like I said, you really have to have known all these other comics it, it, to really get it, into this other, into, get into this one. I mean, it helps, but still, yeah. not that much, because I've read them all, and I'm so. Oh, I know. It's, 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 it's Jonathan Hickman. He really kind of go And also, I mean, you got the white pages galore, like he loves to do with the solid white pages. He does. I mean, I don't know where he got that idea thing but yeah it's i mean it but yeah it's not a i don't think it's a bad comic it's i mean no. he even by mission he even by mission said that this would but if he had a choice this would not have been his first issue so that um, was it. okay yeah. oh marvel didn't what? give him a choice they've let him do every other goddamn thing he wanted <laughs> to do yeah uh, I know. Quick, quick question slash speculation do you think he gets paid like the same amount of money for the white pages as he does for the normal. Oh, I don't. I, pages. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not the sure. The white pages, especially when it's so expensive to buy the book. I know. Seems like an fu. Well, that's that's a thing he uses all the time in East of West, and that um, I think that's an image um, comic series. He does the same thing there too. Yeah, well, he did it. He did it in FF. He did it in freaking every single stupid book he's written. I know. I don't. I I guess he figures. Oh, these can be like. He almost like treats them like. Oh, that these are like uh, face. Pages for like novels or something, I guess. Uh, okay, okay. If, if get get the f out of here, man. Really, come on. Yeah, I know, I know. It's that's, just that's, that's, it is a waste. George, George's phrase. That's jackassy. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's a compl- I agree. It's a complete waste of. It's a complete waste of time. I mean, at least I mean, and there is a bit of pretentiousness, but at least it's not as pretentious as say the other more confounding apocalypse, which was Southland Tales, but. That's uh, another. So issue. We're gonna skip issue two because there's absolutely no Spidey. Right. There. There's a. There's a lot of Thor. No Spidey. Mm-hmm. So Spider-Man related podcast. So yeah. Uh, Thor. Not, there's Thor. a lot of Captain Britain. From what oh I yeah. So let's fast forward to issue number three. There are Spider-Man moments in this one. Okay. So take me- right. Um, now, just to give you an idea of what the, because I do have to explain a little bit of what the makeup of the rules behind Battleworld, essentially, in order to set this okay. up. Okay. Set, set it up. Okay. As you know, Battleworld is basically a patchwork planet composed of different remnants of different dimensions. And each dimension is, has been ruled, uh, is ruled, is ruled over by a bar- an appointed baron. Um, and this, and there, these barons can run which are these uh, kingdoms however they want. Um, but there are rules which are enforced by Thors. Thors are the cops of the... <laughs> yes. 
The Thors are the cops. Oh, the Thors are the cops. Thor, yes. Uh, what you gonna do when the hammer comes for you, bad Thor? Yeah. Bad it's Thor. not what enough to just screw up the Marvel Universe. They have to take every hero and dil- and dilute them with a thousand copies. Yeah, but they right. did it with Captain Britain in uh, that second issue, from what I. Okay. Mm-hmm. What yeah, I but the thing is about the, okay. So one of the rules of Battle World is you're not allowed to cross into the other kingdom unless you have special permission, and if you violate some of these rules. You get sent to a place called the Shield, which, yeah, it's if you've ever seen Game of Thrones, that's pretty much what it is. Only in this case, this partition wall is keeping out the Marvel Zombies, uh, the Ultrons, and the Annihilation Wave. Um, now, as to who the uh, ruler of Battleworld is, um, it's Doctor Doom, and Doc, not only is he the ruler, he's worshipped as a god. And so, in fact, the whole, in fact, when every time somebody says, instead of saying God, it's Doom. So, there's one example, for instance, my God Doom grave, instead of my, you know, that kind of stuff. So, and they also, yeah, and Doom is the only, doom, worship of Doom is the only religion on Battleworld. Because he, and he's also considered like a God Emperor and everything like this. So, um, now, as issues, before issue three begins, there was a, one, two of the Thors, like a young Thor and an elder Thor, they were on call to check out, um, there was an excavation uh, by these uh, by uh, the Moloids, you know, Mole Man's guys. Uh, they yeah. uncovered what looked like the life raft that Reed Richards and the other heroes came in. Except this raft had the Cabal in it, because Thanos comes out of this and kills one of the Thors. So, the issue opens with um, Doom sitting at uh, his at Castle Doom in the Kingdom of Doomstadt, um, and he's being uh, giving uh, giving report on the happenings of the kingdom by his right hand man and the Sheriff of Agamotto, Doctor Strange. And yes, this is the actual Doctor Strange that is you know working with Doom, and he's and even and he's giving them all the you know the the two one the one you know the infer- all this different things happening in the kingdom, and even Doom's like. Why are you even bothering me telling this stuff? I mean, I don't really care about all this politics stuff and everything. We'll just handle it whenever, whenever it happens. Um, so, but Strange gets a call uh, telling about this and about the death of this other Thor. So he gets there. Uh, Strange investigates this. They investigate the crime scene, and they know that there's the Cabal is out there. So he so mobilizes all the Thors to go search the area while the young Thor stays behind because. There is still somebody left inside this raft, and the person that's left in the raft is, surprise, surprise, Miles Morales, because apparently Miles snuck up right before the final incursion happened. He snuck aboard the uh, Cabal's raft, um, and he's remained hidden and unseen. And the other thing is, Miles still remembers... Um, the events of the final incursion, which they're not supposed to remember, because everybody on Battleworld, as far as they can, are concerned, thinks that Battle that Battleworld is the only thing that's ever been, is and ever shall and ever will be, because you know they don't remember the previous any of the, any multiverse or anything like that. Um, so we then cut from there and we go back to Castle Doom of Doomstar and we see Franklin Richards and and Valeria. They're playing on Galactus because Galactus is now like a kind of like almost like a guardian statue thing and he's got flames shooting out of himself or kind of interesting thing and yeah. 
Doom is talking to his wife, Susan Storm. Now, to be clear, this Susan Storm is not the 616 Susan. This is somebody, this is some other from urgent version that he met and everything like this. And through this conversation, we find out what happened to, also happened to uh, this Susan's version of, uh, of our brother, Johnny. He's the son. Doom basically turned Johnny, the human torch, into the sun. And this, and this sun orbits around Babylon. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of the other way around. So the sun orbits around Doom. Yes, the sun literally orbits around Doom. Okay, That's right. got it. Um, and Doom was... <laughs> and this was actually Susan's idea because she wanted some way to... Kind, because Johnny, Storm, Johnny kind of tried to rebel against Doom. And Doom was ready to just basically kill him and stuff, but Susan wanted to try to honor her brother in some way, and so she she said insisted he become the son and stuff, and so. <laughs> and uh, and Doom, yeah, yeah. It's so goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, Doom, and Doom, he's kind of like he's he's been he's his experience as a god. He's just kind of feeling, you know what? Maybe I should have been a god that was unseen instead of been so. You know, Pope can open everything like this. You know, maybe I should just have quietly one day. And then so Susan's like, no, 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 no. You should be a god that you know walks among his people. The people should see her, see you. And and at the end of this exchange, we finally get to see for the first time in 53 years do what Doom's face looks like under his mask. And do best way to describe it, it kind of looks like he's sort of like um, look like in like advanced stages of leprosy. I mean, his face is, like, partially rotted off and everything. Like, he's got no nose and missing teeth and everything. It looked like he had a lot of plastic surgery when he was younger that all... Yeah, like, that pretty much melt. Kind of looks like Michael Jackson in later years. Yep. Yeah. Huh? Or, I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty... I mean, it's, you know... <laughs> yep. <laughs> so is there any other Spider-Man content yes, in number three? Because, okay, because, hit me up. Because Strange takes Miles and the young Thor to another life raft that he's kept hidden all this time. Um, and he opens that one up, and that's the one that has Spidey, uh, Thor, Star, Star Lord, Cyclops, and uh, Miss, Mar- you know, Miss, you know, Carol, Carol Danvers, Reed, and Black Panther in it. Mm-hmm. And then even and so and Peter and Peter when he sees Miles is like, "Whoa, what are you doing here?" And everything like this. And so it's a, you know he's like uh, Miles, like I'm surprised to see you too. And so all all of them remember the memories of before Battleworld. So Strange kind of explains. What's happened? He says, well, you've been, it's been eight years since the final incursion. And also, no one remembers the previous universes before. And, um, oh, yeah, and Doctor Doom, he rules Battleworld, and he's now God. And they're, like, all, and there's a, they're like all shocked when they, when they hear this. And then uh, Reed's like, so, so, Strange, when did you find our life raft? Um, you know, he's like, oh, um, three years ago. So, and they're like, and Reed just gets pissed because he's like, well, you, so you allowed Doom to basically take, you know, rule this thing and you just left us there and, you know, in hibernation and all this stuff. Like, why didn't you release it? And so Strange basically says, because Reed, Doom is really good at playing a god. And... Mm -hmm. The comic towards the end of the comic, we see the cabal with Thanos and you know Namor and some other all these other guys are sitting around the campfire eating look what looks like a goat cow 
something. I don't. Hopefully, they're eating Ultimate Doom. I don't. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but they're just <laughs> they're just sitting around and they're kind of thinking, okay, we got. They want to try to explore, split up, and everything. And then Thanos goes, no, no, no. The answers are going to come to ask, and they're asking him, well, how do you know? He says, because I'm looking up. And as he looks up, there's all these stores descending. Um, and so, to be continued. Um, now, pro and con and graded. Okay, pro, I did actually like the characterization, the interaction between uh, Doom and Strange, like their kind of their mindsets and a little bit of how they're, and also their approach to um, uh, the leadership, because it's a very, I mean, it gets very, there is a kind of a little bit on the philosophical side about the nature of power and truth and what have you. And writing uh, Doctor Strange completely out of character, but go on. Well, no, because well, and to me, to be fair, he's been Strange has been Strange and Doom have been kind of paired up here for eight years. And yeah, so after, but at, at this point, when Doom, Doom sets himself up as a god, no, I'm sorry, Doctor Strange well, would go along with that. Well, yeah, I know Hickman but, wants that for the story, but that wouldn't effing happen. Right, but I mean, but well, what else is he? What I think, well, it kind of explains a little bit. What else is he going to do? I mean, he's kind of feels like, well, we got to hold on to whatever's left of the universe as we can. And also, Strange at one point, even there's in the conversation. He kind of was. Uh, he was offered the chance to become a god himself, but turned it down. And also the fact he's still keeping this idea of the of the other life raft secret from Doom himself and everything. So, um, I think if I want to do a con, I don't really feel an emotional real connection to what's going on here because at the same time, because there's all this history, like an eight years of history that's happened on Battleworld that we're not privy to. It would have been kind of nice to see that lead up to it, like in the other series and what have you. Um, and again. As I said, I like Isaac Rebick's art, but again, faces are a huge problem because even there's a one there's a one panel when when Strange tells him about oh how Doom is the one that rules battle rules battle won't save them, and you get you see the reaction they go uh, it's almost laughable is the way they their open mouth expression they all have their O face on and everything in shock. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I mean it really is it's um. But anyway, but serious, but I did like the, this overall. I did give it, I give it a, play, I gave it a B plus and everything. I'm actually dim liking Digging Secret Wars in terms of like the world building and the whole kind of because it's a kind of almost kind of an epic fantasy sci-fi aspect to it and everything. That's kind of what I like like about it the most. Um, so, yeah. But I mean, I realize it is very confusing at times and stuff. And hope and at least in this issue, we got some answers. <laughs> 